Welcome to the Impact Alumni Podcast. I'm Paul Clifford. I'm the president and CEO of the East Carolina Alumni Association, and I produce this podcast to provide free and convenient professional development for alumni practitioners. And I'm excited about the show that I have planned today. Uh, my guest today will be Rob Shaws. Rob is a founding member of the Performance Enhancement Group, uh, which is an organizational development consulting firm specializing in helping companies measure things that are often considered unmeasurable. Peg works with companies and alumni organizations of all sizes and all industries, measuring such things as customer satisfaction, employee perceptions, and of of organizational support and the individual characteristics that are most required to fill a specific job or round out a given team. Uh, Rob holds a degree, a bachelor's degree in philosophy from Tulane University and an MBA from Washington University in St. Louis. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate uh, you inviting me. Well, I, I gave a little bit of a, a quick and dirty overview of PEG and, and what you all do, but talk a little bit about your company and, and in particular, how you help alumni associations. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you summed it up nicely, and I appreciate, appreciate the intro. I think one of the things that's uh, most interesting for me or has been most exciting in the last 10 years was um, our movement into the higher education market uh, back in 2001. Uh, we had a group a, a group of schools that we were talking to that that wanted to take the technology that we were using in our customer focusing systems for corporations and integrate that into how do we use that way that corporations think about their customers and think about meeting the needs of their customers how do we take that technology and integrate it into the membership in, into the association model into getting alumni across the uh, uh, across time really interested re-engaged with their institution and that all started in 2001 we had 11 universities and colleges that we worked very closely with um, some public private uh, lehigh michigan indiana suny buffalo um, K-State, Nebraska, just a variety of different schools, large, small, public-private that came together to help us design that instrument. We've now worked with 150 schools and I think have found some really what I think interesting things about not only what alumni think of their alma mater, but what universities and colleges can do to get them more engaged. And so talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about how you specifically help schools evaluate their expectations of their alumni and, and how alumni associations can help meet those expectations. Yeah, I think it's, it's a three-phased, uh, three-phased element. I think sometimes the simplest things, the most obvious things, are the things that are missed in terms of engagement or in terms of a lot of things that we do. But, but as I've worked with universities and colleges around the country, I think there are really three things that have come to be true, I think, as they look at getting feedback from their alumni. The first and most obvious is get their opinion. Before you decide what to do, I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts with Jen Heisey as she she started her career at Buffalo, her next transition into Buffalo State, talking about one of the first things that she knew she needed to do was get their opinion and, and understand what they want so that then you can target programs to that. And I think at the heart of the Alumni Attitude Study is a questionnaire that's designed to really drive to actionable things that an association can do to um, to engage their alumni and to get those alumni to give. But two other things of equal importance happen once you go down that path. One is 
just by asking their opinion, you open a whole nother realm of engagement if you do it seriously. It's one thing to send out a, a questionnaire after an event and and maybe do something different but don't really make much noise about it. It's a whole other thing to do a large-scale alumni uh, feedback process um, and then embrace it. Tell your alumni what you heard. Feedback, as you change programs, credit them with providing feedback. It's what corporations have known for years. The more you can let customers believe they're part of your strategic model, um, they're going to move closer and closer to becoming raving fans of what you have. Uh, a university started an advantage because alumni want to feel good about their alma mater. It's uh, it's the one of the most expensive things they'll do in their lives, both in terms of time and money. Um, and they really want to feel good about it, and they're more than happy to tell you in a collective sense what that takes, what topics are going to really impact their opinion more and more. Third, I think alumni associations get a little bit of a bad rap on campuses as not being the data folks, not being the people that show up with the charts and graphs and can really talk about what is going on with their with the constituents because it's hard to put your arm around in a in a in a in a presentation sense around what engagement is. How do you how do you present that from a data perspective? So I, I know that a lot of the people that we work with by having this kind of information, by being able to share it with the deans who are now really interested to hear what you have to say, because all of a sudden you're walking into the dean of the business school with charts and data and statistics and some validated findings about his or her alumni that are interested. Absolutely. So to summarize those three points, you essentially um, do a survey and you get the opinions from your alumni, then uh, you let them know that you heard them and these are the changes you're going to make and give them credit for um, steering you in the right direction. And then the third point is basically perception on campus is utilizing that data to position your office as a uh, as a go-to office on campus to help uh, deans and department heads engage with their alumni. Yeah, I think I think that that's a that that can make a big difference for for definitely for an alumni association. But I think the model is equally true for the advancement, the whole advancement model. So, so you know, we work in advancement shops, and 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 Jen Heise was really good at this on her podcast of reinforcing that we are all fundraisers in our role. Um, as alumni practitioners as part of the fundraising process. And so um, you've been doing this now 11 years in the higher education realm. What what relationships are you finding between the, doing the survey, implementing the results, and fundraising? Well, I, I think it's on, it's on several points, Paul. Um, first, uh, we see over and over, we ask questions about intent to give, we ask questions about loyalty, and we know... We, I mean, I think we know statistically what we've always known intuitively is there's a clear and and consistent uh, high correlation between engagement, loyalty, what what I what I feel about my institution in terms of how how it's engaging me and propensity or intention to give to that institution. I think on a more specific level, we've now uh, begun to actually take wealth engine data or other uh, other types of categorizations that that advancement offices can put together um, and started being able to work with them on what are the attitudinal distinctions that show up in these different strata and how can we take those attitudinal distinctions, what's different about some of those groups, and actually speak to that. 
Um, we know, for instance, that um, that 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 there are characteristics of never givers in terms of what are the high impact items. Uh, they tend to think that alumni are not people that are like them. They tend to be a little younger. They tend to think that it's mostly rich old people at some institutions that are givers. If we see those kind of patterns unfold, then we can really help a university think about restructuring their communication model as they describe what givers are like and what the purpose of givers are. We also see that that across the board, less for young, more for older alumni, but uh, Understanding the benefit of being an alumnus is very important to them, and they don't feel like it's being communicated well. Um, but for them, that benefit, as it turns out, isn't really – I mean, obviously, the insurance programs are important to them, the credit card programs, getting the tchotchkes, getting the uh, discounts at the library, all those traditional concepts of benefit matter. But those aren't what drive engagement and ultimately giving as, as, as it seems to show up in, in what we see. It's more about can I show them how my equity of degree, what I define as the value of that degree on my wall, how is that bigger, better today, in my opinion, than it was back in the day? Now, obviously, how I define that's going to be different if I went to Wachita Baptist University or if I went to Berkeley. Right. Uh, but if you understand the distinction for that institution, you're a long way down the path to being able to speak directly to the things that inspire people to want to give and participate. You're listening to the Impact Alumni Podcast, and we're speaking with Rob Schoss. Rob is one of the founding members of the Performance Enhancement Group. Well, Rob, like I said, you've been you've been doing this survey in the higher ed market now going on almost 12 years. What are some of the interesting findings uh, that you are seeing from the data uh, now that you've been collecting it for that period of time? Yeah, a couple. I mean, I talked about equity of degree. I think that's interesting. Another one is how much, how intense, one of the first studies I did was with Texas A&M, who, who we would expect to have a really at high advocacy for their alumni, and they do. The interesting thing is it's not that much higher than what we see at universities across the country. Right. Like I said, people, regardless of their alma mater, want to feel really good about it. Another one that, that's just struck me is uh, we refer to it here as the paradox of event attendance. Okay. And I just I think it's fascinating. If you look at alumni across the country, it's pretty universal. You know, it's stronger at some institutions than others. But alumni in general really want to know that that they're that they want alumni to participate. They want alumni to go to mentoring, to become involved in mentoring, to get involved in events, to network. They think it's really important that alumni do that, um, especially the young ones. They think it's really important that the university do more to support them in those efforts and helping with job, uh, helping them help young alumni find jobs and all those things they think are really important. They really think the institution wants to do more. Yet we know from their behavior they're also telling us, but oh, by the way, I don't plan to go to any of that stuff. That's right. That's right. It's a, <laughs> it, it's a struggle that alumni professionals face all the time is, um, alumni tell us we want this, we want that, and then we deliver it, and they don't show up. And, and one of, and I think you're right on, Paul. One of the things that we've seen though is now that we have a half a million alumni responses from all these universities, we can say with some certitude 
that, that not only do they tell you that it's an anecdotal they're telling you that, but it's a fact. It's something they want. Yet we also know factually they're not going to show. So what's the answer? To me, the answer goes to it's maybe not so important that you get how many people show up in an event that it goes back to the communication. How can we take the storyline of things that are important that happen at events? Somebody got a job. Somebody uh, set up an internship. Somebody set up a uh, chair at the engineering school. As a result of contacts that occurred at, at, at an event or that um, at an on-campus event, an alumnus was there at a, at a, at a uh, career-related event on campus, and, and really help some students understand what it's going to be like to be in a big three accounting firm and how to do that. But those storylines allow people, even though they're not going to show up maybe at the event, allow, it scratches that itch of, hey, I think this is important. So, so maybe it's how many of those stories we find is, and go public with is more important than whether we had 50 or 100 or 250 people at the event because even at 250, we're at such a tiny percent of the overall alumni population that it's really not measurable in terms of numbers. Absolutely. You know, and I, I admit, that's a trap that we fall into, you know, with our alumni magazine, for instance. We are, we're always talking about promote, 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 look to the future, and, and rarely do we look back and tell the stories of some of the things that we've been able to accomplish. But uh, you really drive, drive the point, point home here that – uh, the survey tells us that they want to be aware that their alma mater is doing those things for other alumni. And so unless you're telling that story, there, there isn't that awareness of that. Yeah, and, and another thing that I think is, is really interesting to me, um, and it's more an observation as I've been on all these campuses talking to different boards and alumni boards and staff of, of advancement groups at, at, at all kinds of different schools, um, is I think a big missed opportunity right now. The the big growth is obviously in the youngest alumni, uh, not growth in terms of current dollars maybe, but clearly growth in terms of engagement and ultimately what the school is going to have to depend on um, for its long term um, long term success. And 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 one of the things that older alumni. I think are more willing, if you talk about it, increases their willingness to actually give, is how are you engaging those young alumni? How are we helping them be better for skills training for career? And it just seems to me you've got one of the things that always shows up at the top of, of our, not always, but often shows up at the top of our research, is that alumni want to know how their institution is doing better today at skills training for career than it was back in the day. Um, and, and how that's working. And the interesting thing is the, is the organization on campus most prepared to help students better understand what a career is going to be like is the, is the Alumni Association and the Advancement Office because they carry the insight of alumni, have the opportunity to carry the insight of alumni to, to campus. All that being said, then when I get to the, the, um, kind of what, where that missed opportunity is, it's really, accentuating and 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 loudly promoting the brand of the association on campus. I just think it, it, it's a very powerful opportunity. At Berkeley, they call it the minus two plus three. They say if you can engage somebody in their last two years as a student and are their first three years out, you've got a much higher probability of keeping them engaged for the rest of their lives. 
Um, if you lose them there, there's a good chance that it's it's going to be harder to get them in until they're in their 40s or 50s. So, so it just seems like there's this almost perfect storm or perfect opportunity in terms of what alumni want to see you doing and what you can impact by really putting the brand. I, I always tell alumni boards, you, you know, when you're on campus, when you're doing stuff here, you know, do something. Wear a beanie. Do something to show off that there are alumni here trying to make a difference, trying to really make the institution better for everybody. Absolutely. Well, Rob, we um, we did the survey with you all a, a number of years ago in 2007, and, and the data was, was transformational for our office and how we looked at delivering programs to alumni. We certainly see the benefit in the Alumni Association and our alumni shop, but who else on campus could benefit from this data? Yeah, and I, I think that um, the individual institutions, one of the things that we've learned is that there's this um, sort of diminishing granularity in terms of how alumni perceive the institution. And by that I mean that um, um, younger alumni tend to connect to the university through the eyes of student organizations they were involved in or faculty or those sort of things. Older alumni, it tends to morph more into the university overall. But uh, I think that Places on campus that really have an opportunity to, to integrate this data are the, the 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 colleges. So the deans and the leadership of the various colleges, I think, have found at, at a lot of the schools we work at. I think Clemson's a classic example where Will Brasington took that data to the deans of the various colleges, and through those discussions and what those discussions led to, really set up different and better programs that take advantage of that relationship, the fact that those young alumni are really looking at their relationship to faculty or to their college more so maybe even than older alumni, and how do you use that relationship to help develop the engagement model at the college level and not just at the association level. Clearly, career services, uh, student uh, the, you know, the various student organizations, I think, have some real um, interest in understanding what this data is. And it's what I said earlier. It's, it's the ability for the Alumni Association not to be, hey, here's what we think alumni are believing, and here's how we'd really like for you to help us do stuff. But, but here's some real hard data about what people in your organization or people in your school think. Um, and here are some things that we can do together to engage not only them, but help them help you create even a better experience for the current student. That's some um, good stuff, Rob. Thanks. Uh, that's some, um, you know, that like I said, we did the survey in 2007, and it was transformational for us. If we have some listeners out there who are interested in getting more information about the Performance Enhancement Group and in particular the Alumni Attitude Survey that you all conduct. How can they find more information about that? Well, the best go to our website, alumniattitudestudy.org is a great place. We have a lot of information there um, about the study, about about how we think. Obviously, as I think you can get the idea from me, for us, alumni feedback is not just doing a survey. It's a process, and we talk on our website a lot about that. There's a nice blog there um, that, that, that I've got, for instance, an article about the paradox of event attendance on that blog. 
So that's that's a good place. Um, uh, feel free to um, to call us. We put out a newsletter, and we are at most of the case conferences. Either um, sometimes we have a booth. Oftentimes we're speaking about some of the findings that we have, and hopefully in 2011 we have now have 150 universities and colleges that we've worked with. We're going to start going public with who's the whose alumni think they're best at different things. So um, so keep an eye out for that, and if you want to see how you stand up as compared to those other institutions, you know we're happy to work with you. You're listening to the Impact Alumni Podcast, and we've been talking with Rob Schoss. Well, Rob, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today and talking a little bit about what your organization does, but specifically uh, how we can survey alumni, use that data, provide that feedback loop, and uh, change the perception of our alumni associations on campus. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. If there's anything I could tell people as they as they look to do feedback from their alumni is uh, be sure to drive it to action and be sure to uh, to whatever you're doing in that feedback model. Make sure your alumni know that you heard and you cared about what they had to say. Speaking of feedback, you can connect to the show at our website at alumnipodcast.com for other episodes of the show or to send me feedback on what you'd like to hear on future shows. You can also drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumnipodcast.com. And you can also subscribe to the podcast at the Impact Alumni Podcast website. Again, that website address is alumnipodcast.com. Thanks for joining us today, and until next time, take care.